This is Real Talk. Hi there, I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, creatrix and founder of The Happiness Clinic. I'm the world's premier nerd on communication and relationship dynamics, helping make relationships easier by showing you how to get out of your way, how to get more of you in your life so that you can be happy as fuck. Hi there, it's Dr. Joy Lamaniachi and welcome to Your Power Hour. This is your time to put what's on your mind, on my mind, and I will give you my two cents for free. That's how I say now at the beginning of these because I thought it was clever and catchy, so I guess I'll just keep doing it until someone complains. And maybe I'll still keep doing it, who knows? It all depends on uh, the day. So, as you know, Power Hour is normally on Wednesdays, and today is Thursday, and that's because, well, life is a kick in the pants sometimes, and yesterday, no, Tuesday, well, I went down to Phoenix. I drove from Boise to Phoenix. That's a 14-some hour drive without stops, so it ends up being 16 hours. So I get down there, I visit with my sisters, and then I'm leaving to go up and the generator, the little battery light goes on. And uh, it had been going on and off for a couple of days and I got a new battery and then found out it was the alternator. So that had to go in the shop. You know, and here's the kick in the pants. There's an alternator in the back shed and my husband's a mechanic, but neither one of those were there when I needed them. But hey, that's how it goes sometimes. And here is where you can see yourself. In these moments, you can see where you are and the choices that are available to respond and seeing how choosing them differently creates different outcomes. Because had this happened, oh, a year, two years ago, it, there would have been a lot of, why does this always happen to me? Oh, this is such horrible timing. Because it's it's been, um, you know, finally understanding that the universe has my back to where none of those things came up. There was no victimization or poor me. I was very clear with the universe. This is not the timing that I wanted for this to happen. But I was like, what is right about this that I'm not getting? And to have a whole different dialogue with myself, with the universe, um, that, that makes all of this possible. As we start letting go of emotional patterns and, and our clenches on some deeply held beliefs that aren't working, um, we have more freedom and more availability to, uh, to handle them. But as it turns out, the alternator and getting that all in took yesterday. So I had to drive yesterday. That was a really long drive. My butt still like sitting in the chair is a little bit like, oh, I'm so tired of sitting. But I wanted to deliver this for you guys because there's been a lot of new members. And welcome, Darlene. I see you're here. Um, it says you're asking to join, and I am not exactly sure how that works. So I'll get through this and see if I can... Uh, get to that, but definitely put in the chat if you've got any questions as things come up. Because there's been a lot of questions about empaths. Because if you're here, you probably got some sort of empathic ability. There's this high sensitivity and a super great self-awareness that sometimes can even go into self-consciousness. That's the level of awareness that you have. And then a lot of us 
having come in through some tough childhood crap, we tend to sometimes be emotionally overreactive. And what's that about? How do I break out of that? So that if my alternator goes kaput in Phoenix, Arizona, when I'm a thousand miles away from home and who knows, there's nothing in the budget um, to to deal with that, like that, that there's actually ease in the situation. And in knowing that something that you're asking for is showing up in a way that you haven't expected it, and being able to flow with that instead of reacting all over the place, all over everybody. Um, so there's some some emotional patterns that plague and pass, and emotional overreactivity is one. So that if you are an emotional basket case, if you're a hot mess or a shit show, do not judge yourself. It is actually part of the awakening process because if you classify yourself as any one of those, then it's not to get down on yourself and say, I shouldn't be that, I shouldn't be that. That means your awareness is actually ticked up a notch to where you're actually seeing that you're kind of explosive and, and hot-tempered and, and quick and, and irritable and stuff like that. And then as soon as it's aware, you become aware of it, it's available to change. Until we become aware of these things, until they move from the subconscious, unconscious to the conscious, they're just going to be driving. They're just going to be the man behind the curtain driving you. And there's a bunch. It's all old programming. It's deep, deep in there. Some of it's generational. Some of it's gender training. Some of it's from authority figures. And some of it's just from the funky stuff that, that comes up between mom and dad. Yeah, awesome, Shelly. Yeah, a lot of you. If you're empaths, you're going to have empathic kids. And so they might be a little bit of a handful as well. The reason that we're doing this now is we didn't have any good models or training. Everybody was just with the status quo, working with reality as it was, uh, highly invested in intellect, understanding, having answers that's been the value of this reality instead of creating through question and curiosity and possibilities but the paradigm is changing now and there's sometimes seems this back and forth because there's room for all of it and we need all of it it's just that when one gets to be too much then the other one too suppressed it's unsustainable and it's starting to shift and what we can do now is actually work with that so we can integrate and receive the benefit of all of it so we can really truly move forward. So what I want to talk about today is emotional stuff and especially emotional stuff for empaths is you're gonna you're gonna feel this a lot but I want to start it out with some myths. Here are some common myths about emotions. The number one and I know this from personal experience oh let me tell you intensity does not equal truth. There is so much that some, I feel it, I feel it so strongly, or I'm really intense about it, or oh, that that means it must be true. But it isn't. Intensity is intensity. And that's all it is. And often what the intensity is pointing to is something, it's actually to the level of how deeply held and valuable it is to us. Either because we've had it for such a long time or it's just super duper protected because we've identified with it. So you've heard 
feelings aren't facts and oh that used to irritate me so bad because I grew up with an emotionally dismissive mother and um <laughs> so all of our feelings just didn't matter she didn't want to handle them she didn't know how to handle them and so oh it's it's not that important it's not that important I feel like and and Darlene's saying I feel because I don't remember sending a request to join the group I received acceptance is the reason why I need to be here I don't dare mess with fate uh, okay um all right well I'm glad you're here Darlene either way I'm stoked that you're here because I want everyone to know especially if you're an empath and if you struggle with any kind of emotional stuff because we talk about all things relationship uh involved is that intensity isn't truth and here's there's a story i remember one time and and as you might know if you're in a relationship whether like an intimate relationship whether it is with your partner or your kiddo or even a parent or a sibling you know that when it comes down to the arguments even the ones that are like perennial and it's like the same thing over and over and you know it was like it was a big one you know that was a doozy you can't remember what it was about and that was one of those so i was having one of those with my husband this is like i don't know i think two three years ago maybe four i don't know i don't do well with timelines like that but we're in an argument. Oh, I am hot and bothered. And oh, he just knows how to push my buttons. Because isn't that the blessing of those people? Is they just know where to push the buttons. Where to hit the intensity so you know where the healing needs to happen. But until we know that, it just looks like they're being an asshole. And that might play into it too. But oh, he said some. It just got under my skin. And oh, I wanted to fight back. I wanted to fire back so bad. And the thought actually crossed my mind. What happens if I don't say anything? Because normally it's so intense that I think I'm going to spontaneously combust or turn into like a cinder or something because it's just so intense because you're an empath. You understand? It feels like lightning from the inside out. It's just getting all the nerve endings because we just have a highly tuned nervous sensitive nervous system so that even emotional things, whether the stimulus is coming from inside or outside, it's just intense. Oh, I thought I was just going to be burned alive. What if I don't say anything? And you know, after 10 minutes, I couldn't even remember what I wanted to say. And then our argument that normally took two to three days to resolve actually passed through much easier. And, and I know that when I wanted to say something, I know because this is, this is not, I'm not 100% perfect, but I know that from arguing with my sister growing up, I have a twin, so she's an empath too, but we didn't ever, we didn't strike to hurt. We just keep trying. I'm an over communicator. I would just try and try and try and try to get somebody to understand, to get things to move in the direction that I wanted. I was trying to help. But one time, what if I didn't say anything? It actually resolved faster. Yeah, Anna says, we're taught we're too sensitive, just get over it. When it's not about getting under, it's about getting over it, it's understanding the trigger. Okay, yeah, now I'm going to talk about understanding too. But yeah, so the intensity does not equate truth. It's intensity that's pointing to a level of how deeply held something is and where the healing needs to happen. Myth number two. 
An emotional display is not caring, it's not investment, and it is not passion. We have a lot of times, oh, they're a passionate person. Like John McEnroe was a passionate player, you know, throwing his racket and cursing. And I used to play volleyball like that. Oh, I'd get so pissed and I'd be so down on myself. And if we lost a game, I'd just beat myself up for hours afterwards, you know, to prove to people how much the game meant to me and how much I really wanted to get better. And again, these things are unconscious. I was not consciously thinking, I will stay sullen and angry so that people think I'm a good, intentional and, and passionate player. But it is that there, there are times where we've either heard it or we've seen other people be admired for it or we somehow have understood that if I display my feelings, then you will know how much I care. And that isn't true. And I've even been called for this on the other end, as far as as I've healed and become less involved, enmeshed and entrenched in other people's decisions in their lives that people said I was insensitive. Because whereas I used to dig and try and try and over communicate and try some more and put myself out and do all of those things or to really cry because someone else was hurting, that when I recognized I didn't have to do those anymore to be called insensitive and that neither one are true. As an empath, as a human being, honestly, as a conscious soul and as someone who's awakening, you care. You are caring and you are loving. You don't have to prove it. But what we've gotten in this reality is that we are human doings. We have to do something in order to prove something or show something. But that's not true. An emotional display, we can start thinking of it, is this an emotional display? Because there will be times when the tears come out. There will be time when the volume elevates. There will be time where we just need to... And now, you know, like you, you want to get... Uh, more mature, you know, and emotional maturity is not boring. Okay. It's resilience and it's holding your own so that you don't have to throw it and shit all over other people. That's what emotional maturity really is. And a lot of times when we're in these heated things, we can even tell I am not acting my age. And a lot of times that's because that's the age where the wounding is. So those one and two kind of go together. But we can look and say, am I actually displaying something? What do I need to acknowledge about myself? Do I need to acknowledge I care? Do I need to acknowledge what feeling needs to actually just be listened to? And that's usually what will help it. Okay, number three, another myth. There are no good or bad emotions. There are no positive and negative. The only thing that makes them good or bad or positive or negative is the label that we give them because they're all just energy. It's all energy. All of them are gonna pass. There is not one single emotion that you could have that isn't going to move because it's an emotion. It's energy in motion. It was meant to move. We're meant to flow. They were meant to flow. We're meant to flow. That's how it goes. Now, when we try to grasp onto one and hold onto it, either to try to understand it, tell me what you want, tell me what you need. Or if we're, please, Joy, stay, stay. I have to freeze this moment in eternity. 
that's gonna make us miserable, okay? Now, there are some emotions that are more pleasant than others. That's a fact, we like those. But here's what's also interesting. Those ones make us as uncomfortable and we will create an upper limit, do something, and I'm gonna talk about this, go to our familiar bad place so that we stay in our emotional comfort zone. The comfort zone which was established very early in age and mostly by the people we were surrounded by. We just got in tuned and entrained into a frequency that was similar to the people we were around when we were young. It's gonna take energy and some effort to get into changing that. Now, all of the emotions, because there isn't one that's good or bad, there's not one that is useful or not useful. All of them are energy, so they all have something to contribute. Now, what we can do is prioritize some because some will contribute more to a future that we'd like to have. So that if we say, I have a future where I am happy, I am abundant, I am loved and loving, my relationship is firing on all cylinders, I feel like I'm connected and I'm communicating and, and I'm receiving, then there are some times where some of the emotions that come up when we recognize oh, you were that one that I, I just like clung to like blankie in my childhood. I'm gonna have to set you down now. There are some times or say you have to get in the back seat. Like my sister just told me about a story, you know, <clears throat> being emotional and this thing doesn't lie, you can tell when we're upset. Well, one day she was at the dog park and her dog got attacked and her little Daisy dog, who God rest her soul is no longer with us, didn't die in the attack but has since passed. But Daisy was the cutest little, I don't know, miniature border collie breed, just the happiest little thing you've ever seen. So to see this little being hurt, you know, and that dog was my sister's dog. Like if you said my sister's name, her ears perked up. And when she went on her honeymoon and stayed with me and my mom, uh, she just, every time a car pulled up, she'd look to see if it was, and then when there wasn't jacket, she, oh, she just, she just got sad again. And so they went to the vet, it, uh, her and her husband went to the vet, it was closed. And it just said, so they went to the door, it had the emergency vet listed, she called. And her husband even said, I, I didn't think you'd have it in you. Cause normally with stuff like that, she just blows up and just gets mad at life and how it was. That's how a lot of us finally get to the recognition that, hey, we're not, we're not handling our shit. But at that time she was totally calm because she's like, my dog needed me. And to fall apart meant that I, like, I wasn't there for her. And so there are times where we can recognize some emotions will not be beneficial to the situation and we'll have to say, you have to wait. And if it is something that truly needs attention, it truly needs to be heard, it will come back. And this is the same, if you're in a profession and you've got something really crashing down on you in your life otherwise, but you've got to perform at work, you can say, I will give myself time tonight. They won't go away if they really are something for you to deal with that is yours, that is calling and will lead you to healing. But this is also to say that if you do feel low, if you do feel quiet, introspective, you don't have to chase that away and say, oh my God, I'm getting depressed. Even if you've been depressed before, it doesn't mean that that's always where it's going to. It just depends on the level of how much you're going to sink in it. And so there are no good, bad, or positive or negative emotions. There's just ones that we like better. 
Sometimes we can actually choose and prioritize those and that will get us more of them, but we cannot ever bypass. Bypassing is unsustainable. It might work in the short term. Again, sometimes that's that might be where we put a pause on an emotion and say, I have to do this work right now. But if you don't go back to it, it won't shut up and it will start to eat you physically if we don't deal with emotions on an emotional level, okay? So it's a myth. There is no good and bad. There is nothing to be afraid of because none of them are gonna last forever, all right? Okay, we got that, all right. Here's another myth. Feelings aren't all true feelings. I don't know how to say this is a myth. If you hear yourself say, I feel like or I feel that, it's not a true emotion. It is an interpretation. Some of the big ones that I hear a lot with my clients is understood. I feel like I'm not being understood or I feel like I am being understood or I respected, abandoned, or don't fit in. And again, these are feelings, but they're actually interpretations of an actual emotion or a further description and sometimes even a narrative that we put on top of a feeling. But if we're gonna get to the actual emotion, we've got to go deeper, okay? Oh, one other thing it might be, an actual awareness. And one of them specifically that that can often be is, I don't fit in because a lot of us actually know we don't fit in. Sometimes we might actually be aware, I'm not respected here. Some of us might actually understand or have an awareness, I'm not being understood. So if this I feel like or I feel that is an actual awareness, there will be a sort of calm or spaciousness around it that actually allows you to navigate the situation with better skill. That's gonna be the difference. But if it's something that winds you up, oh, I can't get understand, nobody ever understands me. I'm never gonna be around people that understood. I just don't fit in here. When am I gonna find my people? Nobody ever wants to be around me. Oh, everybody just leaves, I'm always alone, I'm always by myself. When you start getting that real blah, 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 then you've probably gone into narrative, even a little bit of trauma response, but it's not an actual feeling. What needs to happen then is to slow down say, what am I actually feeling here? When it's understood or respected, a lot of times it's, I want to feel connection. I want to feel communion. Or I'm missing, and here's the thing, especially with understood, because I'm an understood-aholic, okay? I want to be understood. Because there's actually a relief with being understood, almost like a relaxation that comes with understanding. And it's, there's also a woven in there some gratitude for being received. You understood that what you said got received. So there's an open flow. And so sometimes the frustration with being misunderstood is just, I really want that open flow. But what we do is get in our head and say, nobody understands me or they're not listening or I'm saying it wrong or whatever it is. Um, then we just get in our head and start reacting to the absence of what it is that we'd like. So if we can slow down and say, what is it that I'm actually going for here? What is it I'd actually like to experience? Uh, what am I actually experiencing here? And how can I bridge that gap is going to give us a whole lot better range of creativity and capacity to communicate effectively instead of reacting to an absence or, or kind of a frenzied sort of thing. 
<clears throat> All right, need a drink. Talking a lot. Same with uh, respect. I find that respect has more to do with feeling of confidence and a feeling of security or safety. And again, even those need a little bit deeper and also don't need anyone else to be there because you can always respect you. You can always reassure yourself and you can always make sure that you say, I am safe and I am secure and that's, that's my number one. It's interesting, I just even had that with this whole um, driving down to Arizona. There was this part in Las Vegas. Okay, we're driving through Las Vegas, heavy traffic, and there's something about shadows. I have a little chihuahua mix. He's so cute. Sometimes he makes a cameo, but he's comfortable on the couch, so I don't know if that'll be right now. But when shadows come at a certain direction, it really scares him. I don't know if he has a history of abuse. I got him when he's two, or if that's just ingrained in small dog brain of a predator flying overhead and shadows could be dangerous, uh, overhead predators. I don't know. But anyway, in heavy traffic, he's trying to get on my lap and gets wrapped around the cord because I'm trying to listen to the directions. And, and it's a mess. And it stresses me out. And then when we finally get through there, I'm like, wow, because I was intense. I, I, I less than gently put him back in the passenger seat and was like, stay there. And he got all sad. And then I felt really bad. And it was just an emotional, like, Pfft. yeah, that's about what it was. Pfft. And so after that, I'm like, what just happened? What am, what am I reacting to? Like I said, intensity is just telling you where you need to be healed. And I saw like, whoa, I was intense. And that, that was intense. And like, I'm, my cage is rattled. What's going on? And I saw that he wanted me to take care of him. And I wanted someone to take care of me. And I then talked to my angels. I was like, who's going to take care of me? And there's more and more, there is this voice coming up and it's, it's quiet, but the volume is going up and it's clear. It says, I am, I'm here. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure you're okay. And it was interesting because then just two days later when the generator light goes on and I call my husband, who's in a different state working and I'm like, I need your help. The light went on and I don't know what to do. I did this. I did this. I already did this. And he's saying, try this, try this, try And I'm just getting overwhelmed. And again, like at the end of the day, I told my sister, I just wanted to call him and say, your safety is, is my priority. Just pay for it and, and we'll figure it out. You know, like I didn't want any of this back and forth about the budget or whatever. And I was like, then why didn't I say that to myself? And so then I did. I said, that, that is how it's going to be. Your safety and, and even your comfort Getting back up those thousand miles is of utmost importance to me, so I'm going to find a way to make it work. And so a lot of understanding, respect, even the feeling um, of abandonment. You can hear Stimpy there. He's letting me know the UPS guy is outside, just for all of you who are worried about my safety and comfort. Um, but a lot of these, we can actually meet the need ourselves. So there's also this myth that it has to come from outside of ourselves like this external validation that we're okay, that we're enough, that we're safe, that the universe is looking out for us. It's We all want someone else to display that for us when really there is so much available for us and we can do it ourselves. We just have to ask, how can I deliver this for myself? And sometimes it will then come from other people when we ask on our behalf. 
But if the other person says no, because it was a true request, we don't just stop there and say, oh, that's right, I'm fucked, the universe actually doesn't love me. You say, oh, okay, perhaps I was meant to do it myself, or who else could I ask, or how else could I have this delivered for me, okay? So it doesn't have to come from anybody else. And check in if your feelings are really feelings, okay? Because moving into this next part, feelings are actually just energy in motion and they're just information about what's going on in here. They're about the thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves mainly. That's where a lot of the intensity comes from. Now, if somebody says something to you and it hurts like really bad, the only reason it can hurt that way is because we believe it on some level. And I'm going to open up and share something that is not lovely. Um, but my husband, having grown up, I don't know, with brothers in the emotional wreck that was his household and, and things, me and my sister grew up, we had an agreement, we don't hit below the belt. That is so rare. It is so rare that if one of us does it, we immediately recoil and say sorry. Well, he does not do that, and that's a gift that he has is to know what hurts. And we were in an argument again. Who could tell you what it was about? I couldn't. Maybe if someone else were here, they would actually, oh, here was what it was. Because it's crap. It's crap. It's all just us defending ourselves and going into age regression and fighting like little kids. And at that moment, there was a lot of coming up for me around my worthiness because it was something that I was asking to change in my life. And then we got in some argument, something about our schedules conflicting, I think was the start of it. I don't know. But then he said something about how I didn't contribute anything to the relationship. And that was the truth of it. And that hurt so bad. And again, I'd done a lot of healing, so I didn't actually react. I actually walked away and I, I did. I cried and I went for a run and I was sort of talking to my angels being like, that hurt really bad. Why did that hurt really bad? What, what's going on? It was because that's actually what I believed. He actually just said what I actually believed about myself, that I didn't contribute to the relationship. Because to me, contributing to the relationship is money. That's what I saw my parents argue about is my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad didn't value her and she was constantly trying to validate herself and, and make a case that she was valuable by raising the kids. And there was all this to where I, I picked up that unless you were bringing income to the table, your contribution didn't count. And I, I bought that. It was, but until that moment, and I mean, it had been kind of creeping up there, but until it's conscious, it drives the boat. The relationship, get it? That's my new pun, okay? So it's driving the boat and it's steering me right into rough waters, okay? Because it's crap. And I would love to say that I let it go just like that, but a lot of you guys know, and I have somebody in Superhero Sandbox, can you give me the 12 steps to how to let go? When really there's only five you just let go, maybe 10, you know, you just, you actually just let go. But it, it happens, we, 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 we loosen our grip one finger at a time. And so it's, it's working its way out, but it can't even get to that level if we're refusing to face it and it stays subconscious. Okay. 
But these feelings are information about our beliefs. And so I could spend forever trying to get him to understand how valuable I am or the much easier, quicker fix and actually deals with the actual root of the cause is I can work on my beliefs and say, where did I buy that I wasn't valuable if I wasn't making a certain number of dollars and bringing that to the relationship? That's crap. It's ludicrous and it's not working, okay? So I can choose now to let it go and, and do my work and get on with it, okay? Emotions. When you feel like crap, here's the other thing. They're also information for, it's like, you remember that game, Hot Cold? You play that when you were a kid? Hot, hot, cold, cold when you were getting close. They're letting you know if you're hot or cold for how close to truly you you really are. And one of the things that we like about these happy emotions is those are the light, effervescent, fizzy, fuzzy feelings that we get because we've tapped into ourselves. We're actually connected with ourselves and we are present. When we get really slow and low and dense and heavy is because we're being weighed down. We're either wearing an emotional cloak to hide ourselves and display our proving or we are just not being ourselves. We are at the effect of a belief we have about who we are and how much we contribute and what it means. And if I'm a human doing, I'm a human doing. So if I do enough, I'll be valuable, right? Instead of a human being, am I just being here is actually a contribution. And I'm gonna feel really good one way, knowing that, hey, I'm showing up, I'm showing up for you. I actually, I love Power Hour, it really does. Every week I, I get a little, you know, bliss hit and it's awesome because I'm being me and I'm just letting whatever falls out of my mouth be a gift to you and I'm okay with it. And then there's sometimes where I'm like, I'm not doing enough and I gotta do more and I need to help people. And then I feel like crap. They're just indicators of how close or far away you are from yourself. But the answer is always, here is where the issue is. Now, another biggie when it comes to these is anger. And again, because it's not good or bad and it's not positive or negative, anger is just an awareness. There's just information there. It's just energy moving. And a lot of times, if you're like me, I would rather be angry than hurt, okay? So if I'm hurt, you're just gonna seem mad. Ask my husband, he can definitely tell you that that's true. So sometimes anger is a cloak and it's just hiding because we don't actually want to face what it really is. Anger is also, and kind of in the same vein, it's an awareness of a presence of a lie. Because the lie is, I'm angry, I'm not. I'm actually hurting and I just don't want to go there, okay? So I'm lying to myself about what I really am. But a lot of times we get angry and we think that the lie is coming from outside of ourselves. A lot of times the lie is coming from within ourselves about who we are and what we're capable of. So if you find yourself, and again, we're talking about intensity. Intensity isn't truth, it's just an indication. Anger is the same, it's a real intensity. It's just letting you know you might be lying to yourself about who you are, what's actually going on. You might not be being abandoned, which is what you're afraid of and don't wanna feel but absolutely certain is happening when actually somebody really has to go to the bathroom so bad they drop the phone. They didn't leave you, they just had to take care of themselves, okay? so. <laughs> We, we're not always like, that's why intensity isn't truth. It's just an awareness of something going on. It's just information. So anger can also be used that way. What is actually it telling me? Is there a lie that's present? Is there something I'm telling myself that isn't true? Is somebody saying something that isn't true? Um, anger is sad's bodyguard. That's absolutely right. I haven't heard that true, but man, that's, and it's a good one. And it's, oh, it's got a puffed up, 
Oh, my, my little friend Stimpy wants to make a cameo for y'all. We are all safe from the UPS man, okay? Because this little guy's doing his job. He's like, uh, I don't know, kind of like Angerous Ad's bodyguard. This is my bodyguard, okay? So I'm safe because Stimpy's here. All right. And then, because you're an empath, this final one about feelings is information, they might not all be yours. You actually can pick up information about other people's feelings. I wish there was a super clear-cut way to finding out which is which, and there actually is. You just ask. When something's really running through and you start getting clouded, you start to get into that real mental spin and the voice gets loud and frenzied, you can actually ask, is this mine? Now the key to that working is there has to be a level of calm where you actually listen. And a lot of it will often be a yes and or both. Because it will be if somebody else, because you're an empath and you are very sensitive, you are very caring and loving, that it does hurt to some extent to watch people do things that harm themselves or other people. It's hard to watch other people suffer, even if you know that it's because of their choice or something that they have to go through or there's nothing that anything can have, like can change it. It's, it's hard to watch. So sometimes there is a, it's both. But if we're gonna break free from these, and this is what I'm kinda, cause I always wanna give you information for how to get out of the shit, okay? We're not just gonna build awareness about here's all the stuff that's going wrong and what you're up against, but how do you get out of it? You're gonna have to ask the question, is this mine? You're gonna have to give some space to let that awareness come through of, is it, is it yours, is it someone else's, is it something else, or is it both, a little bit of everything? But one thing to know that if nobody else has ever told you this, processing feelings is not your job. It's something you're good at, and it's something you are probably more willing to do than a lot of people, but it's not your job. It's not your duty. You're gonna have to process your own, but also know that processing is not what you came here for. Your soul came for experiences. So there's gonna be a whole lot of emotions and a whole lot of information to be gained and some of it that doesn't come immediately and some doesn't come for a while. So there will be some processing, but that processing in and of itself is not the purpose of your life. And I only say that just because I use mine as Cliff's Notes and there was years of therapy where I was trying to fix myself because nobody, we didn't get to the level of I was operating on, I am broken and need to get fixed. Something is wrong with me. I'm missing something. And what was the last one? I'm not good enough or I'm not enough. Like we didn't get to that level, which would have been great. So we just, I, so everybody's just, we're just trying to understand and process and I get like accolades for crying or getting really intensely angry at something because yeah, that's a step to where I was constantly angry or crying and wondering when I was gonna break through and get happy. So I just put that out there to let you know that you don't have to cry or scream or get angry. You don't have to do those things to show you. Again, we're talking, it was just a display for me thinking that I'm doing something meaningful you don't, you don't have to do any of those things. 
If they do come up, they will come up and there will be a calm around them. It will sound weird, but it's almost like there's this bubble of consciousness or space that you, you'll be able to kind of watch yourself so that you won't be like so in it. But I was in it all the way. And, and so just all this processing, you don't have to process before you're able to make a choice. This also comes into this reality and the current paradigm of therapy supports and even sometimes drives an addiction to understanding. As if you have to understand something in order to move on and you don't. Your choice trumps everything. I don't know what game it is, but we'll call it the Ace of Spades where it is the top card. And no matter what is below it, it doesn't matter. If you say happiness is where I'm going, peace and loving and joy is where I'm going, you can have those. It doesn't matter what was in your history. It doesn't matter what rape, abuse, emotional manipulation, abandonment, none of that matters and you don't have to understand it. The value of understanding comes in and I said, understanding there's a relief or a relaxation with it. Sometimes there is just a little key piece that will help the brain to relax that makes the letting go easier, but it's never required. We just like it. And there's a lot of tools that we have that can actually make understanding more available so that we can progress faster. But to where we get sometimes addicted to understanding that we need to know all the ins and outs of a situation with the other person and still there's some things that we will never be able to understand including another person. So sometimes there's going to have to be where we have to let things rest and we have to just move on. That's why I work with the future forward focus because if we know where we're going and that's our priority it makes letting go easier because we just don't care so much. The understanding isn't even as interesting as the possibility and the curiosity I have towards this thing that I really, 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 really do want. And that's also completely 100% driven and attuned to me. It's a future that I created from this, from this. And that becomes more interesting so that the understanding and the need and the addiction to understanding relaxes its grip as well. Also, as an empath, you came in highly emotionally sensitive. You were able to pick up other people's feelings and to a certain extent were able to process some people's feelings. Here is the problem. It doesn't actually work. It's only a stopgap measure. It only pulls off the intensity of them for a minute, but because what it really does is stick two people in the mud instead of having one outside to lend a hand to pull them out. We cannot actually process somebody else's feelings to a level where they will actually get the information or whatever their soul is trying to get. You know that this emotional intensity a lot of times is the wake-up call. I gotta do something different. What the hell am I telling myself about myself that makes it hurt so bad? If we take that away from somebody else, we're not doing them a favor. We're actually prolonging the agony because their soul is demanding that they choose something else and see themselves in a different way. And if we keep trying to siphon off the pain and, and smooth out the edges for them too much and just take it off, we're not. We're actually just adding burden to ourselves because we can't process it because it's not for us. It's not about us. So processing for somebody else doesn't work. 
And here is, here is where I finally learned that I was doing this. I knew cognitively I was, but I didn't really know when I was or when I wasn't until this past winter. I watched Wonder Woman 1984. And if you haven't seen it, I love all the superhero movies, the good ones, usually the originals, sometimes a sequel will work. But in the movie, there's this kid, I think he's like six, maybe-ish, but he's about the age of my niece. And the world's blowing up and his dad's gone and he's by himself in a field near a highway. And he's, Daddy? Daddy? And oh my God, my heart is, oh, it's just like, being crushed. I can see him. I can almost hear my niece like, mommy, like, oh my goodness. And I was like, wait, this isn't real. Like, like in a divergent, this isn't real. This isn't real. This isn't a real person. Why am I pulling this into my body to try to carry this kid and tell him he's okay? And I saw what I was doing. I was like, oh my goodness. Holy shit, where am I doing this otherwise? And do you know who I do it with the most? My husband. I try to rescue him from awful things from him all the time. And do you know right about the times when we get in an argument? Because it doesn't work. And here's the other thing. As soon as I recognized that about myself, it wasn't a week and a half, two weeks later, he came in and I think, oh, I had had a a bad day. There was a lot of bad news. There was just one day a friend of a friend committed suicide. Somebody else had to put their dog down. Somebody else had their dog poisoned by somebody. Things that I can't even fathom. And it all happened like in one day. So he asked how I was and I was just like, I'm okay, but it's been rough, you know. And he heard what I told him and he pulled it into his body and just got super heavy and he was trying to help me, but then he ended up getting mad at me. And it was horrible. Processing other people's feelings doesn't work. It's going to take practice to learn what's yours, what's not yours. You might get called insensitive when you stop because people do get used to having, you know, a certain amount of uh, responsibility taken off their plate, you know? And so there might be some dynamic shifting. It has to happen. You're responsible for you, they're responsible for them, and we're all here to heal each other, but we don't do that by doing somebody else's work for them. We can't. It doesn't actually work. All right. Processing isn't the point. I already said that. Hey, I'm one off, so we are so close to being done. Pattern recognition is the key, okay? Because we all, emotions actually come in waves. Everybody has a wave. In human design, there's a certain subset of people that have an emotional authority. They have a really defined wave. Other people don't have a defined wave, but they still have a wave. It'll just have a little bit more, um, uh, in, inconsistency. I don't know, a little bit of spontaneity to it. Um, but they might also pick up from other people's and be, uh, more swayed. Or, or entrained with other people. So that's totally normal. But we all have an emotional wave. A lot of women, it actually does, mine goes with my cycle. I, I took track of mine for several months on end because I'm an emotional authority. I have an emotional wave and found that it's still mostly dominated by my menstrual cycle. But now I know that. So now I know when 
to not go all up in between the ears and believe everything that I think because it's completely inaccurate because it's about those two days, okay? And then after those two days, I'm like, well, glad I didn't do anything with that because <laughs> I don't feel that way anymore, okay? So now I know these things. So finding your pattern is really helpful. It's, it's just knowing yourself. The other one is we all have a familiar bad place. I had a coach who called it a familiar bad place. That a lot of times when we reach an upper limit, we're feeling really connected, we're feeling really joyous, things start flowing our way, that boom, we crash. Why does that happen? Because even the, the good stuff can make us uncomfortable. When we go to that familiar bad place, we have to start recognizing it as the familiar bad place and say, I don't wanna be here anymore. This isn't, this isn't going to be my default landing zone anymore. And that's where we have to start prioritizing, telling some things to go in the back seat, closing some back doors for ourselves and saying, this isn't the place for me anymore. Um, packing up our bags and moving, you know, to a different emotional place. We have to give ourselves permission to move. There's emotional addictions. And again, you read anything by Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks about the habit of being yourself. Habits, addictions, I find them mostly synonymous. Addiction just gets kind of a bad uh, rap, you know, bad media. But habits are every bit as addictive. Try not saying the word like, you know, right, or uh-huh while you're public speaking. I want to. I want to so bad. It just feels like they should be in there. It feels natural. But it's bad practice, so I have to stop. I become aware of them, and it's really uncomfortable to do something else because I have an addiction, a habit. Same thing. Sugar. Try giving up sugar. Caffeine, these things you actually get withdrawal symptoms too. Headache, bad mood, lots of different things, you know? When you, we have emotional addictions. I had one, it's working its way out because they, and here's the other thing. Habits don't break themselves. They do not extinguish themselves. It requires effort and intention, okay? So when I say they're working themselves out, it's because I'm doing the fucking work, all right? So, I had an addiction to be disappointed. So if my husband did something for me, I'd find the one thing that I wish he would have done instead. If he did something for me and it was good, it was really good in my mind because I didn't want to hurt his feelings, he'd be like, oh, I wish it would have been this. Because I just had like, there's, there's a bit of superiority in disappointment and that's what was really giving me my fix is that it let me stay a little bit superior. And then I saw that and was like, oh, gross. That makes me want to throw up. I don't want to do that anymore. So now I'm working my way out of that. Um, rage, anger can be habits, addictions, to where I don't know how to react, that's how I react, boom, that's it, that's just the go-to. Some people grab a bottle, some people just get pissed, some people do both. Um, it can also be defeat. I also have some areas in my life, it's interesting, different areas where that's just immediately, I guess I'm just, it's just done. Oh, I wanted to, I asked one person, they said no, so I'm just done. We try once and we give up so easy because we're almost addicted to the, the defeat. I have some people who are addicted to disgust, some people who are addicted to uh, frustration, but we have to start seeing that a lot of these emotional patterns, they're changeable. A lot of them are handed to us, partly, and, and we, we set ours in, in tune and entrained with somebody else, so they'd harmonize with our, the family system that we came into, but it's not in harmony with who we really are, and it's not in harmony with our future, so we have to change the frequency. That's going to take a little bit of effort and intention. doesn't have to be hard, but it is going to take some intentionality and purpose. So you have to pay attention. you got to pay attention to even know what the emotional wave is. And pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Is it positive or is it negative? 
Is it gossip or is it inspiration? Pay attention to what you're paying attention to because that's going to give you information to where your set point is. Also in the process, know that if it's coming up, it's coming up to go. Because when you choose to prioritize your future, all that is not congruent with that future is going to show itself. It's coming up to go. It's coming up so it can be visible so that you can choose something else. It's actually a gift. It just doesn't feel like it. But if you're aware that that's how the process go, it can make it a little easy. So this first step is awareness. Always awareness, always recognizing, paying attention and paying attention to what you're paying attention to. Then breathe. It's always undervalued. But even in naturopathic medicine, the first rule is to first do nothing. But if you're breathing, you're actually already doing something, which is changing your brain chemistry and allowing more creativity and creating like that bubble of space, that place for consciousness to reside. Okay, so definitely breathe. It will make a world of difference when you're dealing with emotions. Water too. A dehydrated brain is a depressed brain. It means it doesn't have much creativity. Okay, your nervous systems also, the fascia is going to shrink a little bit. Everything's going to get a little bit pinched. Water can be a huge release. Also, bath or shower can help wash away some emotions and help that uh, get it, it through and out of your body. And I think I'm just going to do the last one. You can crying and journaling. If it is coming up, let it out and let it go. When it's coming up, don't grasp onto it and try to understand it. See it for what it is and let it go. Now, this is where having a coach is paramount. How to tell the difference. When do I need understanding so that it's easier to let go? When can I just let go? Maybe there's no difference. What am I doing? Everything feels like a mess. Get a coach. Get a coach. Get a coach. Because it's just going to make your life so much easier. Because the last thing I said here about emotions, let it be easy. You've got to flow. You've got a pattern. Start to recognize those. Flow with them. And I told a client, like visualize surfing on them instead of swimming in them. You don't have to be gulping and grasping for air. You can ride on top of this. It doesn't have to take you down. Hard is just an attachment to habit. If you just switch whenever you say it's hard to, just say it's habitual to, and you'll start to see how your mind is really just attached to a habit. 1257. I got it all in. I'm so proud of myself. And here's one you can celebrate. Celebrate and acknowledge yourself when you do something well. It's important for your growth and your success and progress. Yes. Oh, I love those emojis. Whoever's putting them up, I love you. Thank you. Emotional shit. We get stuck in it. Your empaths, you get so much information. I want you to be the biggest, boldest, fullest, most powerful expression of yourself that you can possibly be because your being is a gift to me and the planet. So that if I can help you, let me be here every power hour. It's Wednesdays at noon, except for this week because of car trouble. So Wednesdays at noon is your time to put your, th your what's on your mind on my mind. I'll talk about it, go over it with you, help you get some, some tools, some understanding, help you relax the grip. But if you really want to go 
powerful, fully forward, get all the weight of you, all the energy of you behind you, a 90-day relationship remodel. Now, I will say it time and time again, you and I both know that in 90 days, not every single one of your problems is going to be resolved by no means. But in 90 days, you are going to have a different way of relating to your feelings so that you're not stuck and being pummeled by them anymore. You will understand more about who you are, what you've got as far as tools and resources. You will see you in a different way. You will be confident and you will be happy AF because you will know you can do it that you've done it. And I'm going to celebrate you the whole way. So definitely, definitely 90 day relationship remodel is for you. And I made an offer till the middle of May that you can do the superhero starter session, 250 bucks, full on session, and then the coach in your back pocket for a week. If you do that and then decide to go for a 90 day relationship remodel, I'll just throw that money in with it. Okay. Cause I just want you to go fast before the end of summer, you get a new you, you get a new emotional resilience, emotional maturity and emotional capacity. Like you just know you're handling shit and you're handling it in a way that you walk away proud of yourself. That's possible. I love you. Thank you, Anna. It's not hard, it's habitual. That's the truth. Okay, I'm already looking forward to Wednesday. And since today's Thursday, it's less than a week till I get to see you again. Okay, I love you and I will see you again next week. Mwah. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. This podcast is made possible through listener support. So let's keep this thing going and have more real talk. No fluff, no bullshit. Go to the Happiness Clinic page on Facebook and you can join the group Real Talk with Dr. Joylyn Maniachi. We can continue the conversation in Power Hour, the weekly group coaching on Wednesdays at noon, Mountain Time. You can also go to ihappentothings.com. Go to the podcast page and support this podcast. While you're there, check out my blog and even get a badass t-shirt from the Happiness Clinic. We've got so many ways to connect. Thanks again for listening, and I invite you to join me again in the next episode.